today on the Tearsheet Podcast. You know, the mandate is, is quite, uh, quite clear. You know, Chase is really about helping our customers make more of, of what's theirs. Um, and my job as the head of technology for Chase is to make that happen every single day. Um, and so, you know, we're very focused on our customer experience. We're very focused on helping solve problems that, you know, our customers are facing every single day and making it easy for them to manage their financial lives uh, and giving them access to the, you know, to the tools and capabilities that make that possible. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. So much time and money is spent on maintaining technology within incumbent organizations. Instead of calling this tension technology debt or even legacy technology, J.P. Morgan Chase CIO for Consumer and Community Banking, Rohan Amin, likes to call it heritage tech. I like that description as it gives room for the ongoing investment in the tech stack, but also in customers, the brand, and the bank's history. Rohan joins us on the podcast to discuss his mandate as CIO of the largest U.S. bank with a tech budget of $4 billion and over 12,000 technologists globally. We talk about the balance between maintenance and building and creating new products. He discusses how the pandemic affected the businesses he and his team support. We talk about the bank's approach to accessibility and APIs. Lastly, Rohan talks about his biggest priorities for 2021 and beyond. Chief Information Officer for Consumer and Community Banking at J.P. Morgan Chase, Rohan Amin is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Rohan Amin, and I'm the Chief Information Officer um, at uh, of our com- consumer and community banking business at uh, in in uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And so what that means is I'm the head of technology for Chase, our retail bank. Um, and that's uh, a team of more than 12,000 technologists and engineers and, uh, and an investment of approximately $4 billion across all Chase lines of business, our consumer banking, credit cards, home lending, auto, business banking, and wealth management. Uh, and so effectively, I'm responsible for the technology for everything from our branches, ATMs, our call centers, and things like Chase.com and our mobile app uh, as well. And uh, part of a broader firm, JP Morgan Chase, uh, in which we have 50,000 technologists and we invest more than $12 billion a year uh, in uh, technology. So quite uh, an amazing organization and, and proud to be here. Zach, thanks so much for the opportunity. It's great to have you here. And Rohan, you mentioned sort of your responsibilities. Um, can we take, can we look at what your mandate is as CIO? Like, what do you get, what are your, objectives and, and how do you judge your own performance? You know, the mandate is, is quite, uh, quite clear. You know, Chase is really about helping our customers make more of, of what's theirs. Um, and my job as the head of technology for Chase is to make that happen every single day. Um, and so, you know, we're very focused on our customer experience. We're very focused on helping solve problems that, you know, our customers are facing every single day and making it easy for them to manage their financial lives uh, and giving them access to the, you know, to the tools and capabilities that make that possible. Um, and in times of need, like for example, what happened over the past year, you know, we wanna make sure we're there for our customers with things like payment assistance um, or small businesses you know, with the, um, the payroll protection program. And so we're here for our customers um, and the mandate is to support that overall mission and increasingly, as as technology and digital is just continuing to become a greater uh, part of the customer experience, um, you know, I'd say that mandate importance continues to grow. 
That's great. And I, I, I'm kind of curious about how you split your time and your budget. Um, we have a lot of guests in, in your seat on the podcast um, talking about, you know, the necessity to manage legacy tech. Um, how much of your time and money is spent managing legacy technology versus building and creating new products? You know, Zach, it's, um, it's probably not a surprise to anyone that large organizations um, and obviously banks have, uh, you know, heritage technology. The real question in my mind, as I think about that is, you know, what are we doing about it? And frankly, with our significant investment capability, um, and you heard the numbers earlier, it turns out we're able to do quite a bit um, about it. <clears throat> as I mentioned, you know, we're very focused on the customer experience and whenever it's time for us to bring something new to market, um, and we're always bringing new feature functionality, you know, to, to market for our customers, we're also modernizing the tech um, that powers that experience as well. And I think the, you know, the results are, are pretty clear. I'm very proud of the team um, and the work they've done. Uh, you know, for example, just very recently, JD Power rated us as having the number one app um, for wealth management. And so that, that's an example of how staying focused on the customer experience and modernizing the technology along the way, um, you know, is able to achieve that sort of an outcome. I also like the way, Rohan, you, you, um, you described legacy technology as heritage technology. That kind of changes the whole impression of what, what's sitting behind the scenes uh, for me. I like that term. Yeah, and look, it's also, you know, it's also a way to, um, to me, is a better way to speak to the organization about it. Mm -hmm. and so we've actually been very deliberate about the, the use of the word heritage as opposed to, to legacy. It's not a burden. Legacy implies burden, I guess, yeah. And heritage, you know, uh, it, it honors the past to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, honestly, and, and uh, many of those systems are still quite critical um, and will continue to be for, for some time. And so that's the way we talk about it here. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, we are, we have, we're fortunate that we have the investment uh, capacity to be able to continue to modernize our technology um, and keep the customer experience forefront because end of the day, that's the thing that really matters is making sure the customer experience is there. Got it. And I, I want to go back, I, I guess, to um, drilling down a little bit more into your responsibilities and I guess how the chase is, um, how, the, how, the, how, the, how the group is structured. So you mentioned in your intro that you do support other lines of business within chase. And if you do, how, how do you do that? Yeah. So let me first you know, just give a little bit of a quick, you know, orientation to JP Morgan Chase overall. Um, and JP Morgan Chase has, you know, four major lines of business, mm -hmm. um, what we call consumer and community banking or CCB, AKA Chase. Um, that's the part, uh, the technology component of which I'm responsible for. And we have three other lines of business at the firm, our asset and wealth management business, commercial bank, and our corporate and investment bank. Um, and that larger sort of uh, firm is what I was referring to in terms of $12 billion of technology, more than 50,000 technologists and, uh, and, uh, and engineers. And so Chase is the consumer and community banking piece. That's the 12,000 uh, technologists and engineers. And so within Chase, um, you know, I mentioned the lines of business earlier and think of that as mo you know, mostly the, uh, the pieces that you know, everyday consumers can, can uh, recognize, small businesses, um, but we also, you know, our platform that we run in Chase, you know, Chase.com, and since, you know, my team is responsible for Chase.com, you know, some of our businesses also leverage that platform as well. So, yes, it's the retail piece um, of, the, uh, of the bank, uh, of the firm overall, 
but the platforms that we run also service the other lines of business as well. So it's quite horizontal in uh, in that regard. It's a large that organization, a lot of a uh, lot of relationships to manage. A lot of moving pieces, absolutely. Um, yes. Ron, you, you also mentioned in your introduction about um, the impact, I guess, this year has had and, and I guess how you need to respond to sort of circumstances in the market. Certainly nobody planned you know, on the pandemic this year. Like, how did the pandemic affect your business? You know, definitely the, uh, the pandemic uh, has accelerated our shift towards, towards digital, a path that we have been on for quite some time. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, we saw signs of continued and in, in, in some areas further acceleration, you know, during the pandemic. And, you know, our, our view is that the, the migration that we're seeing, you know, to digital channels and digital adoption will, will persist, you know, even post, post uh, pandemic. Um, just to kind of share with you some, some stats, you know, we have nearly 55 million digitally active customers, uh, which is up 6% year on year. Uh, and our mobile active customers stands at 40 million. That's, uh, and that's up 10% year on year. Wow. Um, and you know, one other interesting point that you might, you might find is that since the start of the pandemic, actually half of the new digitally active customers that we have, um, are over 50. Uh, and so that speaks to sort of like the growing, um, you know, outreach that we have from a customer standpoint and, uh, two other data points that I think you'll find interesting is that, you know, I think you're familiar with, um, mobile, mobile deposit, our chase quick deposit. Mm-hmm. Uh, allows customers to deposit their checks, you know, from the mobile uh, device. It now represents more than 40% of all check deposits. That number was 30% um, pre-COVID. And so a 10% increase in, in, in mobile check deposit vis-a-vis the other channels like the branch and the ATM. Uh, and so continued strong adoption. And I'd say like that one for sure has accelerated. And then in home lending, um, you know, and you think this one I think I found interesting too, um, you know, if you think about home lending and getting a mortgage, you know, that's, that's obviously a, a complex uh, process and lots of documents. And, uh, you know, it's a, you know, for many, for many people, it's one of the most um, complex and important financial transactions they'll do in their, in their lives. And more than half of the applications, well, uh, were completed digitally. Um, that's twice the level of what, what it was just in Q1 of this year. And wow. so now we're seeing half of the applications being completed digitally. So just you can see the, the port before and after, if you will, on the uh, on the pandemic. And some of the results are, are quite clear. So I just want to drill down on that. I mean, from what I've read, I, I, let me ask you, uh, I, instead of making assumptions, did Chase shutter some branches during during the pandemic, at least temporarily? We, um, we always look at our branch network. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously just given the, you know, the safety uh, considerations and concerns for our frontline employees and our, you know, and our bankers, um, we did have to optimize the branch network and mm-hmm. and and have some of the branches closed. Um, but we did that obviously thoughtfully in the regard of uh, the fact that we've got a, you know, a number of customers that rely on us, um, and ensured that we were able to retain service in those key areas while we, you know, have gone through that optimization. Just given everything that's going on, so no different than anybody yeah. else who sort of, you know, wanted to make sure that they're you know, just given the pandemic and the stresses of making sure the frontline, you know, employees who don't have the luxury of being able to work from home, obviously, keeping them safe, top of mind for us, and as well as making sure that we can take care of our customers at the same time. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, one of the themes that we we pick up on at TearSheet is, 
you know, the, the continued development and expansion of products that reach a broader swath of customers. And so I just had a question for you about accessibility and how you think about accessibility as it's built into your products and services. No, Zach, that's a really, really good question. And, and frankly, something that I'm personally um, passionate about. Um, and, you know, we, we pride ourselves on, on building technology for everyone. Um, and that's what we call it, building technology for everyone. And accessibility um, is a key component of that. And, and accessibility to me, you know, is not only in, in terms of recognizing the importance of being able to reach a broader set of customers, but it also has a technology implication in terms of, you know, just like we think about stability and resiliency and all the other things that you think about from an engineering standpoint and bringing something to life, accessibility is another one of those things that we solve for in terms of how we build and create software in our in our technology. So it's it's quite foundational to our product development. Um, any new features that we launch on chase.com or in the mobile app always start with our you know inclusive design principles and that sort of goes through our you know our entire software development process. And I'll give you a I'll, I'll give you a simple example of that. Um, you know we leveraged uh, we leveraged uh, technology to make our our mobile deposit feature um, and if you go into the, like you know into the into the mobile check deposit feature, um, you know there's a screen reader if you're you know using it in an, in an accessible way that provides the you know the voiceover for the entire screen. But to make it you know much easier for visually impaired customers to deposit checks remotely, we took the extra steps to you know make sure we had some custom code in there to make sure that only the relevant sections of the screen are being read by the screen reader. And so it's things like that in terms of just the attention to detail. And making sure that we're being thoughtful about how different people with different abilities might be accessing our app, and how we thought about it in our design, and how and how it'll be used um, in those in those mechanisms. And we get great feedback on this. A number of um, a number of uh, uh, customers have have told us that they bank with us uh, precisely because of the focus that we've had on accessibility, making sure that um, the app is is usable by a much broader um, you know swath of folks. Got it. I also want to ask you, Rohan, about um, APIs and you know how how you're thinking about developing today's and future current products um, with openness. I guess the interconnectivity uh, between Chase technology, and maybe third parties out there. Yeah. So the API story for us is really sort of a two-part, you know, uh, story, if you will. There's a story internally. Uh, and then this is certainly the story that you're referring to, which is the external one. Mm -hmm. but let me just touch on the internal one for just a second. Sure. Uh, which is that, you know, we want uh, our internal services to be able to be consumed by each other increasingly, you know, through a set of APIs and, and services so that, you know, ultimately we can continue to shorten the product development lifecycle and bring more feature functionality to customers um, in a more rich way more quickly. And so having an internal API focus allows us to do that as well. But to your point, externally, um, it's also you know quite important to our overall strategy, um, and allows us to you know bring different experiences to our customer base, and uh, you know again another example of experiences that have really uh, paid off, um, you know during the pandemic in particular things like you know our partnership with DoorDash, um, where we you know being able to uh, bring uh, you know integrate with with them, and so you know. Our, our customers are able to take advantage of, of, um, of DoorDash and the benefits there, uh, as well as other partnerships that we've done, things like Lyft and uh, talk dining benefits, um, and the fact that you know our integrations with Amazon 
and things like you know paying with points uh, on Amazon. So all of that um, is you know those partnerships, those third-party integrations, those are all done you know using APIs um, and uh, allows us to bring that functionality in a quick, seamless way. And it also signals to those companies that were you know frankly easy to work with, and we've got quick integrations that provide value to both parties you know on the end of that transaction. But you know, Zach, it's more important. It's it goes beyond that, which is you know, especially for the external ecosystem, the API piece also allows us to, you know, bring in the importance of of of, uh, of security, um, and in something what we call account safe, uh, which is that you know we're able to understand and see and show you, you know, what um, apps and what other companies you know you have hooked up to your Chase account, uh, and since those companies are you know, increasingly required to use our secure API for that, they don't get access to the data unless they come through there. And so therefore we can tell you who's using it and then give you the control um, to figure out, you know, if you want to disable that. And so it's just putting more power and more control in the hands of our customers, more transparency. Um, and so there's a, there's, a, there's a security story there along with a story around, you know, bringing third-party experiences to customers that they'd appreciate. And Rohan, I, I appreciate also how you developed the internal API. I guess that JP Morgan Chase is, is the first customer for, for the APIs and, and what that must do in terms of designing and developing for that external ecosystem. Yeah. And in many ways, um, you know, we, we, we definitely pride ourselves uh, very much on, on eating our own cooking first, is, mm -hmm. uh, is what we would say. Um, and uh, we want to be able to make sure that we can use it, that it's developer friendly, that it's, uh, uh, you know, because in many cases, the party that we're working on, working with on the other end is also an engineer and, and a developer. And we want to make sure they're able to integrate uh, seamlessly in our environment. Totally. And in the remaining time that we have, um, I want to look a little bit forward, like what's on your plate for 2021? What are your biggest priorities? What are you focused on? You know, we have, we've already talked about the API bit, um, uh, which, you know, continue, has been and continues to be an important part of the, the strategy. But one area that we didn't talk about yet um, is our focus on machine learning uh, and artificial intelligence. And we're making you know significant headway on the machine learning front. Um, you know, uh, for customers today, you know when they're dealing with uh, unfortunate situations like fraud, uh, we have incorporated machine learning algorithms into our our fraud prevention uh, strategy uh, to huge benefit for those customers in terms of redu reducing friction and also reducing fraud losses. Uh, and so that's a you know an area that uh, has been and will continue to be a deep focus for machine learning. But we've also been using machine learning to to um, improve the customer experience in terms of personalization. And so we, you know, we've launched a, a feature called Snapshot where the mobile app has uh, tiles in it and it provides you insights that are specific to you about your spending history um, and uh, also your trends. And that's generated through machine learning um, and other algorithms that we're using to, to sort of produce those personalized snackable insights you know, for, for customers. And then also just more broadly on business processes, you know, we're using machine learning to, um, you know, streamline our business processes, you know, provide more consistency and quality and speed uh, uh, to the process. So I'd say, you know, second category is certainly the machine learning um, uh, front for sure uh, is, a, is an area of, uh, of focus for us. And then, you know, any, what we, something that we call, which is any channel your choice, which is we want to be able to meet customers wherever they are and reach us in the channel of their, of their choice. Um, and we already talked about accessibility, which is a piece of that. Um, but you know, customers want to be able to self-serve things end to end. They might want to start in one channel and finish in another. Um, you know, start an application here and pick it up somewhere else. 
So we want to make it seamless. We want to make it easy. And, and customers interact with us both digitally and in the branch. And so it's not about one or the other. It's really about both. Um, and things like video, uh, where that's a growth area, you know, for sure. Um, and in certain client segments, we want to be able to um, be able to interact with those customers and clients using using video. And so I think being able to meet the customer in the channel that they want to, um, you know, it's something we call any channel your choice. That is something that uh, will also be a a uh, focus for us as we move ahead. Ron, I appreciate it talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thanks so much, Zach. Appreciate it.